Welcome back to Middle Age Gaming 2020's The Game Show! On today's episode, we will be providing you with our Moments of Zen. Games that help us relax during and after a long, hard day. Today's games include Nonogram, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, The Sims, Civ 6, Okami, and No Man's Sky. So feel free to grab some tea because episode 3 is A Moment of Zen. Welcome back to Middle Age Gaming's The Game Show, the show where we recommend some of our favorite games to spare you the time and money to save you from some stress. Speaking of stress, Adam, would you like to introduce us to today's theme? Absolutely. Today we will be talking about our Zen games. Games that help us relax and release a bit of tension after or during a hard day's work. As we did last week, we will be breaking these games down into three categories, which are... Games on the go, so quick, short games that you can just pick up and play on your ride, on the bus, between classes, during your work, lunch break. Games that we like to play after a long day's rest to rest our bodies and minds. And games that we feel have an overall relaxing atmosphere, our little digital zen gardens, as it were. Okay, sounds like we're in for a good episode, folks. So sit back, grab a drink, and make yourself comfortable because Adam is about to share with us his first game. Okay, so my first game is for games on the go. So this is something that you can play on the mobile or it's just really short, going to take you a very short amount of time. And the game that I've chosen is called Nonogram or Nonogram. I'm not quite sure what the pronunciation is. Uh, there are multiple versions of this. The version that I use is nonogram.com. You can look on the Google Play Store. I'm sure there are versions of it on the Apple Store as well. But because this is kind of an open source thing, kind of like Sudoku, you're going to have multiple versions of it. So you should have no problem finding at least some version of it. So the way nonograms work are similar to Sudoku in that these are logic puzzles. And the way it works is you'll see a grid and at either the top of the grid or on the side of the grid, you'll see a series of numbers. And those numbers are going to tell you how long a sequence of on squares are. So for example, if you see something that says two, that means that you would have two filled in squares in a row. If it says three, you would have three filled in squares in a row. And then you have basically using this, you have to figure out where your filled in spaces are and where your not filled in spaces are. By looking at the side and looking at the top, you can tell basically where these are going to go. So this is going to be kind of a logic problem. You can start really, really small. I think some of the smallest ones on notogram.com are 10 by 10 and then later on they have some that go up 15 by 15 and then of course they also have ones that go up 20 by 20. so i started off with the 10 by 10s they're usually really simple you can knock them out in like you know two three minutes the 15 by 15s usually probably take me uh, 15 minutes or so and the 20 by 20s will probably take me anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour on average so these are really good for me. They're really relaxing. I really like puzzle games when it comes to mobile. I don't usually play too many RPGs on them or longer, more intensive games. I just like something I can pick up, kind of play like a little bit and for a while and then put it down. And, and like I said, it, it is for the more difficult ones. It can take me up to an hour to solve them. But it's great because it saves your progress. So what I can do is I can just, you know, try to figure it out for maybe two or three minutes and then close it, put it away kind of let my mind relax a bit. And then when I come back, I can do it. But it's just one of those things where it's not overly difficult. It's just logic and it just takes a little bit of work. So it, it is for me a very good way to kind of relax and 
kind of distract my mind for a while. I, I like patterns and I'm really big into Sudoku and that sort of thing. So for me, this was a, a perfect addition to kind of my little puzzling zen. Uh, what about you, Korean? Do you enjoy those kind of things or what do you enjoy? Um, mobile gaming wise, I, I used to game a lot back in the day on my phone. I'm actually trying to game more. For this week's episode, I did game more than I usually do. I have uh, iPad Pro, so when I do mobile game, I tend to use my iPad and I play Hearthstone exclusively. I haven't really played any other game. I mean, typical mobile game in a while. I don't tend to go for this kind of game. I have installed like programming games or other stuff, but that's kind of related to work in a sense. These kind of games, I have less patience than what I used to have a long time ago, so they frustrate me. So you are a far better man than I am to be able to play this kind of game. Oh, no, I, I love, like like I said, Sudoku, Minesweeper. What was that old game that they had on Windows? Was it Pipe Dream or something like that, where you had to connect the pipes to get the water to flow through? I, I've always really enjoyed these kind of logic puzzle games. And so for me, when I originally saw this one, I was like, ah, it looks kind of weird. But, you know, I tried it out and it just really was right up my alley. So it was recommended actually by my Sudoku app, recommended this app. So I oh, cool. tried it out. Yeah, yeah. How long have you been playing this? Uh, I've been playing this for a while now, a couple of months at least. But I probably play, I, I usually play before I go to bed. So I'll tell myself like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to play this game. And when I finish this level, I'll go to sleep. Or especially if I have, say, about half of a puzzle done, then I'll say, okay, maybe I have about 15 minutes left. So I'll just finish this and go to bed or something like that. And it's just kind of a way for me to kind of relax and clear my mind of anything that's not just simple number logic. And so for me, it's, it's just kind of a way to zone out the rest of the world. And I can just focus really intensely on one very, very simple, although... You know, it is difficult sometimes for the logic, but the concept is very simple. It's kind of like one of those jobs where the job is it's kind of physically intensive, but it's not super mentally intensive. This is kind of the opposite of that. You know, it's it just occupies all my brain so I can let the rest of it kind of phase out. I totally understand. I, I do the same thing uh, before I go to sleep, not play this, but I do something that helps me to sort of zone everything out and just sleep better. So about you, uh, what do you usually like to do in your spare moments? I know there aren't many. <laughs> no, there are not many, unfortunately. Uh, my mobile game is Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. I, I've played this the most this past week. It is something I, I played Animal Crossing on the Switch. I loved it a lot. I still want to get back to that. I'll probably get back to that uh, after I play Finish Little Dragon's Cafe because I'm trying to become a completionist like Adam. So Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, Pocket Camp, if you don't know, is published by Nintendo, just like the regular Animal Crossing. Uh, it is on Android and iOS. It was released a while ago, October 25th, 2017. It looks great. It runs great. Uh, definitely one of those games you can pick up for a short amount of time, even five minutes or so. It saves your progress. Animal Crossing, for those who've never played it, is a game where you're on an island, you collect fruit, you build stuff, you decorate stuff, uh, very much like the current Animal Crossing that's out on the Nintendo Switch at the moment. Really cool, really easy, really relaxing. Um, for someone like me who doesn't play it a lot, you never need to spend money on in-game stuff. 
So, I mean, I played it this week maybe 15 minutes every day. I did play it at night. Um, again, easy, cute art style. Fun. You can see the video next to me at the moment. Uh, recommended for someone who's looking for that sort of mobile fix of a game. Now, if you are going to play this for more than an hour each day, you're going to hit into that barrier of free-to-play and sort of freemium, premium games where you do need to spend money to sort of make progress in the game. Um, Adam, do you ever give this a, a, a play? It's on iOS or on Android. I have never played an Animal Crossing game, unfortunately. I do have a question, though. So does this have any connection to New Horizons? Like, does anything carry over where if you play this, then some of the stuff moves into New Horizons or vice versa? Or is this a completely independent game? It does have a connection to Animal Crossing New Horizons. If you do do stuff in here, there are things like items that do carry over into New Horizons. I've, if you've linked your Pocket Camp to your New Horizons, things do cross over. New Horizons stuff can go into Pocket Camp, and Pocket Camp stuff can go over. I've not gotten to that stage yet, because, I, I, again, I don't play this that much. But, yes, it, it is linked. Okay, so your character will move across and whatnot. Uh, your character, there are characters from Pocket Camp who can over, but mostly, from what I understand, it's items from Pocket Camp can move over to New Horizons. In New Horizons, you can have like a mail system, so you can send certain things from Pocket Camp, which will come into your New Horizons mail that you can just pick up and put inside your house in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see Nintendo uh, kind of breaking into the mobile market. They've been doing a little more and more ever since Pokemon Go. So they used to be really, really protective of that. That actually is an interesting news item. I should have talked about that on the show before. Apparently, Nintendo's done with mobile releases. They feel like it hasn't produced the results they would have liked. So moving forward, we're probably going to be getting less Nintendo mobile releases. Oh, well. Glad I mentioned it then. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, that's kind of good. A lot of people, you know, while the casual people like me, they've liked it. A lot of the hardcore Nintendo gamers feel like they're being ripped off because they're just playing these mobile games for hours and hours. And if you do play it hardcore, you're going to have to spend real money. Ah, well, that's too bad. Now, the game itself is free? It, it is free. I mean, all Nintendo's mobile games are free, but... Uh, like any freemium game, you're going to have to pay money if you play it for more than an hour a day. Ah, okay. Yes. So is it one of those kind of uh, energy-dependent games? Or uh, Yes. Like all Nintendo's mobile games have some sort of energy system. So this is definitely one of them where as you do tasks and you travel around the Pocket Camp universe, you, you do use energy and it runs out if you're playing for more than an hour. Ah. Okay, now let's talk about Adam's after work game which i'm really excited to hear about yeah so my after work game is the sims so i've been playing i played the original one my my uh, sisters had it and i played it and i really enjoyed it so when i was in college i picked up sims 2 and sims 2 is probably one of the games that i have the highest number of hours in i would say my sims 2 back in the day had more hours put into it than even skyrim so I think the, probably the only games that I have put more hours into would be MMOs. But of course, now we're up to Sims 4. So that's the trailer that we're going to be using. So I really like the Sims games because they are kind of these, uh, what, do, what do you call them? The auto chess kind of thing where you can kind of leave it. You can set some stuff up and 
let it kind of run, but you do still kind of play it. So you can kind of hop in and out at your own speed. You can micromanage every little thing. If you want, you can tell them, you know, cook this and, you know, go watch TV and play this game and do that and, and micromanage all that. Or you can just kind of give them kind of a general idea where you put stuff down and, and watch them. So I, I think it's very relaxing in that sense that you can kind of do whatever you want with it. Uh, the original Sims came out in 2000. Sims 4 came out in 2014. Production has been acknowledged to be on Sims 5, but we don't have any uh, real footage of any gameplay or anything like that yet. So who knows when that'll come out. It's on PC, Mac OS, and now it's also on consoles. So we have PS4 and Xbox, ver Xbox versions of The Sims 4. Sims 5, they've announced, is going to be cross-platform as well. So we're going to have that on all the different systems. Now, I have never played The Sims on a console, so I don't know how well it would work. Uh, obviously, it works really, really well on a PC with a mouse and whatnot. So this game is uh, what we would call a life simulator. It kind of goes into a lot of these other kind of simulation games. But this one really is just a life simulator. And a lot of people that I know that have played it do kind of find it relaxing because there isn't that real intensive, like, I have to play this every single day. I have to stay on top of it. You know, there's no real story you need to complete. There's nothing that really has to be dealt with in the moment. I mean, even if they're having an emergency and the house is on fire, it's basically just click and say, put out that fire and they'll take care of the rest of it. So it is kind of a very easygoing game. So the people that I would recommend this for would be people that like customization. One of my favorite things to do was always if I, when I would drive around, I would see a house and I'm like, oh my God, that house looks really, really cool. Or I would see this building and I would, I would say, oh, this building looks so awesome. And I would just go into the game and replicate it and recreate it. In Sims 2, I remember I was driving down the street one day and I saw this cafe that was like two stories tall, but there was a glass window that went all the way up the top. The second floor was actually kind of, it didn't come all the way to the wall. So it was kind of a mezzanine. So from the ground level, you could basically see everything. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. So I immediately went home and recreated that building in the game. Uh, so I love customizing things like that. You know, I've, I've tried to build models of my house, my own house in the game and whatnot. So if you're the kind of people that like customization, you like to customize your own characters, you like to customize your own houses and even like to customize their own personalities and backstories. You know, I, I want this person to fall in love with that person. and I want this family to act this way. And this is the cheeky young child who always causes trouble. You can totally take full control over that. This is also great for those people that really want kind of a to guide a game more than really play the game. They don't want to be actively on top of it. They want to just say like, okay, this is what I want you guys to do and then let the people go out and handle it. So, you know, if you're the kind of person that likes those kind of mobile games where you log on and you tell your guys, I want you to build construction on this thing or whatever, and then you log off and when you come back later, it's done. This is the kind of game that can be playing actively in the background. You can kind of queue up some things you want for them to do and then let them play it while you just kind of relax and take it easy. So I really enjoyed this franchise, but I haven't played it in a while. <laughs> nice. Uh, what was your favorite aspect of the franchise? My favorite was probably just the customization, building the buildings and stuff like that. Just kind of creating, especially, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm When I was little, I always kind of considered, should I go into architecture? You know, uh, So this is kind of a architecture light amateur kind of thing where you can do some really fun stuff with it and build some really kind of crazy looking houses and you know it's kind of fun to imagine like oh if i could build my own dream house what would i make it look like and the ability to do that for me was really appealing 
I'm actually going to add this to my Steam list now that I think about it. I'm, I'd love to play this kind of relaxing game on the PC. You, you said, you know, The Sims 5 will probably be coming out. Uh, will you pick that up on the PS5? Now, I have Sims 4 on PS5 only because it was PS Plus free one week uh, oh, or okay. one month. Okay. So I have it. I've never actually played it, though. I think they also offered it free on the pc at one point where they were doing a special i think it was like the 20th anniversary of the sims or something like that so they were offering it for free for a month so i, I think i have to double check but i think i have it free on the pc as well um nice. i definitely enjoyed playing it more on the pc because it just seems like one of those games that's designed to be played not necessarily with a keyboard but with a mouse yeah so i don't know how well that would work with a controller i probably should at some point just get out sims 4 on the ps4 and just test it out to see how it works uh if the form factor works really really well i might consider it on ps4 otherwise maybe i'll do it on pc the other thing i need to check is i know with the ps4 there are a lot of games that are keyboard and mouse compatible so if i could play the game with a keyboard and mouse then i might do it however there are some things that you can do with the pc version because you can uh, unlock console commands and I mean, obviously, some of those are for cheats, but some of them for, are for other things that you can unlock. For example, in The Sims 2, normally you could only place things at 90 degree angles, but you could, if using console commands, you could unlock the ability to place things at 45 degree angles. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, So, because no, normally the way things would line up, obviously, it could cause trouble. But if you use console commands, you could unlock things and, and put them. So it added a lot of design options. I don't think there are console commands on consoles. So for me, I would say PC is preferred. But yeah, I'll check it out and see how the gameplay works on uh, the PlayStation 4. And if it works well, then yeah, maybe I'll get it for there. Last question, Adam. Who do you think this game is not for? This game is not for people that really enjoy difficulty. For like your, your Dark Souls kind of players, the people that like something that's difficult, they like something that's intensive, they like something uh, where there's always something to do. This is not going to be the game for you because there is going to be a lot of downtime. Because I mean, when you tell somebody to cook, they're going to cook it, then they're going to eat it. You know, you're not. So there's going to be a lot of time where you're just kind of sitting there like, okay, eat your food, come on. So definitely not for your very intensive people that really enjoy that adrenaline rush. You're not going to get that from this. Okay. I'm going to move on to my afterwork game. Ladies and gentlemen, my afterwork game is Civilization VI. Uh, this is Sid Meier's Civilization VI, published by Firaxis, or 2K Games, published on October 25th, 2016. It is on all platforms at the moment, including the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's also on iPad as well also on android tablets as well really cool game i played the first civilization was one of my first turn-based strategy games going back to the 80s yes and civilization was the first time i realized oh i love that whole sort of god complex megalomaniac game it is a game that where you start your own civilization there are tons of them right now especially in six and you start all the way back in the bc days go all the way into the future and there's loads of conditions to win culture military uh, there's a science victory as well you can create your own custom maps custom conditions for winning the game this is multiplayer as well you can play this uh, pbem which is a play by email as well which is kind of cool like an asynchronous way which takes like months for people to finish games but some people do do that it's a game for somebody who likes strategy who likes the idea of empire building 
it's definitely not for somebody who likes action games or who likes a game that can be played in a short time because most civilization games take at least 40 hours plus. I played this when it came out. Coincidentally, this is one of the last games that I pre-ordered. And I played this and I got totally beat down by the Chinese. And I'm like, no, 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 not going to play this again. Um, this is one of those games I wanted to get back to. So pick this up now. It's on sale. Whatever platform you like to play it on, it runs great on my iPad Pro. It runs pretty good on the Switch. I've heard in docked mode, it does not run great in handheld. Definitely a cool game for those of you looking for something relaxing. Because again, there's combat itself is very low-key. The strategy elements are very low-key. It's one of those games you can save scum as well, which I've talked about in a previous episode. So if you want to try something like invading the Persians, you can invade the Persians and see, actually, did your strategy work out? If it didn't work out, just reload your other game. So I like this. This is one of those games that I'd love to play after work at some point when I am free. Adam, have you ever played a Civilization game? Uh, actually, Civ Six was my first Civilization game. No way! Yeah, it was my first one. It's also one of my first, these kind of hexagon kind of map games. I forget what they're called. Uh, but yeah, this was pretty much one of my first of those, and it was definitely my first Civ game. So, But uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It does take a very long time, though. I was playing with my friend and his brother, and it would be one of those things where we would play, you know, maybe two hours every week, and it took us two months, I think, just to play a single round. Now, do you have a specific victory that you personally tend to go for, like science or military or culture? Or? Oh, I've mentioned that to you before. My first civilization, I had just got into RTS strategy games then, and that was the game where you crush your enemies. So, my first civilization game, I always, I've told this story to my students as well, is where I played a game with seven other people, and the way I won is just I nuked everybody. I built, had built this awesome economy, and in the original civilization, as you nuke people, your population becomes dissatisfied and you lose resources and stuff becomes land becomes unfarmable unworkable but i just nuked everybody and everybody just gave up and i took over their cities and i won that's just what i won and in civilization all preceding anti-seeding civilization games i've tried to go for the military victory i've never i've always wanted to do culture i've always wanted to do a science victory um, i'm gonna play civilization six again eventually and I want to do something other than that. Uh, what about you? Did you? I mean, who do you play with in Civilization VI? You mean which culture? Yes. I really like the Kree, actually. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I like. Now, I have played. I've, I've only ever won against the computer. I've never won against another player. I've done military victories. I've done science victories as the Germans. But I really like the Kree just because they have some pretty good buffs to diplomacy. But also the fact that they, when they build roads, as their caravans move along the roads, it'll actually auto-claim auto those tiles. And so you can actually kind of cut out sections of the map pretty quickly and get yourself a lot of land. So uh, that was, yeah, well, well, they were in the first expansion. They weren't in the base game. They were included, I think, in the first expansion. So I really do like them. But they do tend to be, because of their diplomacy, they do tend to be good for or better i should say for cultural victories but i am terrible at culture victories <laughs> i am not good at developing that so but yeah i haven't been able to win with them yet unfortunately but typically i think i would cool. normally kind of gear for the science victory 
Now in Civ Six, they got rid of the diplomacy victory, right? Or is that back? That is back with uh, again an ex a later expansion, and there's also okay. religious victory as well, which I should have mentioned. Ah, that, yes, which became a, a sticking point uh, later on in the game. What do you mean by sticking point? Um, some people complained that you know, uh, again, this is sort of like a political thing. Uh, religion is bad; there shouldn't be a religious victory, and uh, it's. People complained on uh, 2K's Twitter, on uh, their own Civ 6 forums as well. But, I mean, you know, 2K being the big company they are, they didn't care. Yeah, I find that kind of odd where they're saying a religious victory is bad, but you can nuke the entire world and <laughs> that's perfectly acceptable. Yes, yes, yes. That is a gigantic contradiction, but, you know, that's how the people on the internet are. That's just weird. Uh, if I remember correctly, the the... Religious victory is you have to have all the nations in the world have to be predominantly your religion or? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, if I mean, if everybody's on the same page, then, you know, you wouldn't really have that much religious violence, right? So. Exactly. Exactly. Form of peace. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, as the world's become more polarized about. Religion, oh, yes. To really never discuss religion and politics in polite company. Exactly. So. All right, so what do you have for us for an atmospheric relaxing game? Ah, yes. So my atmospheric game is going to be Okami, which was originally released on the PlayStation 2 back in September 2006, and that was in North America. I think it was released in Japan maybe a month earlier. Current gen, it was released December 17, uh, December 2017. Uh, however, the August version, uh, not the August version, the Switch version, was released in August 2018. So this game is actually kind of interesting because it's been released on three generations. It was released on the PS2, and then it was re-released on the PS3, and now it is re-released on current gens. So you can pick it up on PS4, Xbox, and Switch, and I'm pretty sure there is not a PC version of it, unfortunately. But I really enjoyed the aesthetic of this game. It's very beautiful. It's designed to look like a watercolor painting in that kind of traditional woodblock Japanese style. Uh, and it really pulls it off really, really well with the cell shading and the way they do outlines and that sort of thing. Basically, the way the game works is you play as Amaterasu, who is a Japanese goddess. If you're familiar with Japanese uh, Shintoism, you've probably heard of her. I think she's a sun goddess. But in this game, she has a wolf form. You basically were involved a long time ago with fighting off this giant dragon named Orochi. And you basically had to sacrifice yourself to defeat it. And you were turned into a stone statue. And now in the present, Orochi is reawakening. And because of that, you've also had to reawaken him, uh, to fight him. But you've lost all of your power as a god. So basically what you have to do is you have to go through the world kind of performing miracles in a way that are going to get people to believe in you again, to get your powers back and unlock what's called the celestial brush, which basically means that you take your tail dip it into magic ink and you can paint on the world to create whatever you need. You can make the sun rise or you can make the moon come out or you can make wind or fire or ice or basically any kind of magic just by painting it in the world, which is a really, really cool thing. And it really adds to this kind of uh, watercolor aesthetic. So the reason I like it is because A, of how it looks, but also the music in it is very well done and there's a lot of times where you kind of i mean it's designed to kind of have that zen garden kind of 
you know, thing. So a lot of the music are kind of these really soft Japanese flutes or kind of their string instruments or that sort of thing. And, and it's usually really subdued. So because of that, it's just the kind of game where you sit and you can really just kind of hit, you know, hold slightly on the left analog stick and just slowly pan around listening to the music. And I'll do this. And it just feels really, really great. For the kind of game that this is for, though, is actually not people who enjoy relaxing games. There are definitely relaxing elements in it, but it is not a relaxing game per se. It's actually closer to old school Legend of Zelda's, uh, where you're trying to unlock certain things. Like, for instance, in the Legend of Zelda, you would want the hook shot, and the hook shot's going to let you cross across, uh, you know, jump across this chasm, or you need the flippers so you can swim in water. Okami's going to be very much the same thing, where you're unlocking different brush strokes so you know you the first one you unlock is a slash where you can cut enemies in half when they're weak or you can unlock the moon so you can bring out the moon and uh, for certain parts of the game maybe you need a moonbeam to activate this panel so if it's daytime you can bring the moon out or you can you know s- swipe over trees to make the trees blossom and stuff like that which will open up a gate so it's kind of this old school puzzle slash action rpg game so if you like those kind of games, Legends of Zelda, uh, Alundra, that sort of thing, this is really a game that you're going to really, really enjoy, I think. All right. I've got lots of questions because, I mean, you've told me about this before while we were at work, and it's on my artificially created switch list. Okay. To buy list. My question is, how difficult is it? Because you said like Legend of Zelda, and immediately that paused my heart a second because I tried Breath of the Wild as a must-play Switch game, and it was good, but it was there were lots of points where I had to Google stuff, and I hate doing that. I hate when I game as my age and my sort of mental perspective at the moment is I just want to game without having to Google stuff, without having to think too hard and just play a game. As far as the main game goes, you shouldn't have too much trouble. Things are usually fairly obvious. There are some puzzles that if you want to unlock some extra things, uh, for example, if you can get, uh, I think they're called some kind of token or something, and you can use those to upgrade you know, the number of ink pots you have or that sort of thing. Those are going to be some of the more difficult puzzles. The game itself is not overly difficult. Some of the boss fights might not be obvious at first, uh, for example, there's a boss fight where you have to knock her down and then connect a, a line from a hook to her body and it kind of like hangs her up or whatever. And then you can kind of wail on her. But usually they're going to be able to kind of give you hints to lead you in the right direction. And most of the time they won't even have to because it'd be the kind of thing where you see maybe a wall of ice and there's kind of a brazier next to it with fire. And you know that I have to bring the fire over to the ice to melt that ice. So it's going to be pretty obvious that I use either this skill or I don't have a skill that's going to do this. Obviously I'm going to have to go somewhere else, unlock that skill and then come back and do that. So it should be pretty self-explanatory for the most part. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, is there a second Okami coming out or there is, okay. So there's a second ish Okami. It's called Okami Den. It came out on the NDS uh, it's kind of a spiritual successor. You play as basically the child of Amaterasu, and you are going through your adventures, and you're facing off against the children of all the bosses, and you're meeting the children of all the other characters in the game. So it's kind of like a, a kid version of Okami. But actually, the guy who originally created Okami, and if you remember back in E3 last 
year for Ghostwire, they had a, a Japanese woman. I can't remember their name off the top of my head, but she came out and kind of became internet famous for kind of her personality and, you know, the, the posing she would do. Uh, oh, she was yeah. also involved with Okami, the original Okami. So her and the guy who was, I believe, the director have both come out and said that together they want to create a true sequel to Okami. And it definitely, the way it ended, it did open itself up for a sequel. Unfortunately, the company that made it, Clover, they went under shortly after making it. They made uh, Okami and then they made Beautiful Joe and then they went under. And that's why there was no sequel made for a long time was because kind of the IP who owned it who could work with it but uh, there's definitely been a lot of talk by the people who worked on the original that they really really want to make a second one and they have plans to make a second one in the sense that they don't have anything official right now but they're saying we plan on doing this so at some point in the future hopefully we will be getting one okay that's cool i'm i'm definitely going to keep that on my radar all right moving on to the last game all right, my atmospheric game is going to be No Man's Sky Origins, which was just released October 9th, 2020. Uh, this is actually, of course, it, it is what it is, is a patch of the original No Man's Sky. Or not really a patch, an update, uh, where they've added procedural everything. If you watch the trailer, they'll say, oh, procedurally atoms. Um, no Man's Sky was a game that came out four or five years ago by Hello Games. It promised precisionally generated worlds, animal life, insects, sort of like the, uh, well, how I imagine it anyway, is like the idea of Star Trek going where no man has gone before. And I played, I pre-ordered this as well, which was, it wasn't really a disappointment when the game came out. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. But it didn't really like keep me hooked. Uh, my younger brother played this on Xbox Game Pass uh, on the PC, of course, and he really liked it. He said, it's come a long way. And if you bought this originally, all this stuff is basically free. All this extra content, they've added so much. Uh, ships, people, races you can meet, they've actually made it procedural so that every time you play the game, it is different. And things, if you look at the trailer, you meet like space jellyfish, which is a thing that happened in Star Trek before. And you can see you've got robotic allies. You can have a, sh a fleet of ships and be this multiple like space merchant. You can be somebody who engages in space combat. You can be a miner. You can role play a Star Trek captain and have your own crew and stuff. It's multiplayer as well, which is kind of really awesome now. Absolutely fantastic. Looks great. Runs in 4K. Uh, very well optimized. This is definitely one of those games where there's atmosphere, this story. You can play it in sandbox mode and just skip the story if you want to just explore stuff. Highly recommend it. Now, this is not for one of those games where if you're a person who's never played a space game, this is not for you. If you're a person who likes a space game or you bought No Man's Sky and you haven't played it in five years, give it a go. Again, this is on my list of games to play again. I'm going to install it again at some point and do the whole spaceship captain exploring new universes. I remember playing this originally when it came out and uh, in the original game, you'd go to a universe and you'd scan stuff and as you scan stuff, you get money for scaring it because it goes into the sort of universal database. As you find new things, uh, as you mine elements and you can trade for stuff and earn money and buy better ships. Uh, my brother even got like a little battle cruise and stuff that he used to go around to universes and totally wipe people off the face of the planet. Uh, that was his thing. 
it's it's really cool, really fun. And Madam, did you ever play No Man's Sky? Actually, uh, when it first came out, if I remember correctly, it was originally a PlayStation timed exclusive. But uh, yeah, when it first came out, I was debating and my friends, we were debating back then. They said, oh, you know, it's multiplayer. And, and actually, people didn't find out it wasn't multiplayer until after it came out. Uh, yeah. When two streamers basically figured out that they were actually on the same planet at the same time, which would be almost impossible. But they did it and realized we're standing next to each other and we don't see each other. And then that's when it really came out and it turned out that the game was not truly multiplayer. Uh, there was also a lot of people talking about how there are, I don't what was the number that they threw out? Like 24 quintillion games. Something like that. There's yes. just a whole bunch of games and people were talking about, oh my God, there's this many games in it. And if you really thought about it, really what it was is just take one gigabyte and figure out if I have, you know, one gigabyte of data, how many numbers is that? You know, with ones and zeros, how many combinations of numbers are there? And basically that's all it was is it's not that we have that many planets. It's that we have that many seeds because we just have one gigabyte dedicated to every possible seed that you could have in there. And then each one would seed a planet. But a lot of the planets were very, very similar. But we ended up choosing to get it and pretty much on release. And the reason for that was I was thinking maybe not until I actually read a review of somebody who was saying, I think it was a comment. I don't even think it was a review, but somebody commented that Minecraft on release was very bare bones, very basic. And look at what it has become. No Man's Sky is going to be that. No Man's Sky right now, early release. It's There's no way it's going to live up to expectations, but it has the potential to become something great. So you should get in on the ground floor. And when I read that, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. So I actually did buy it on release and it was very basic on release, but, uh, and, and they got a lot of flack for that. And they, you know, they definitely, people were very pissed off about it, but I think they've come a long way. I think they've actually, for the most part, basically delivered on almost everything they've promised at this point. So kudos to hello games for that. I mean, most people, especially now, like I was talking about, and the other podcast with uh, buying it on release or not, you know, live service games, a lot of them, when people don't jump on board, they die. But Hello Games was like, no, we are going to deliver this. And so I think they've really earned back my, they definitely earned back my respect. And I think if, 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 if you had lost respect for them, you really should give it back because most developers would not be putting in this effort. So, you know, good job to them for this. And, and the fact that they made every update free is just yes. amazing. So the fact that, you know, maybe you didn't get the game that you bought on release, but you did get the game you bought and you didn't have to pay an extra dime for it. So you did get the game you get. I think that's that's just a wonderful thing. And I also should say that this game, like you said, is great for the aesthetics. It can also be super intense sometimes. If you end up on a hostile planet with a toxic atmosphere, yes. uh, that can be the opposite of Zen. <laughs> it's beautiful, <laughs> but that can be super stressful. Totally, and, and that's the cool thing as well, is that if you do start off the game on a hostile planet, you just restart, and there you go. You can restart to your heart's content and find the planet that you want to start at. Oh, yeah, I don't think you ever start on one, but I've definitely landed on a planet and be like, okay, it's hostile, I'll survive. And then, you know, I end up too far from my ship, and it's like, oh, no, I have to dig a hunnel, tunnel and dig underground and hide and and uh, all that fun stuff. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm. This is another thing I'd love to stream at some point, but... Who knows when that will happen? I've got my little HDMI 
caught over here to stream Swiss stuff. I've got to set that up at some point. Oh, well, if they add crossplay, we can play together. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that is about time. All the time we have for today. Did we miss any of your favorite games? If so, please leave us a comment. Anyway, you can find us at Gaming Aged on Twitter, Middle Age Gaming on Instagram, Middle Age Gaming 2020 on Facebook, or just email us directly at Middle Age Gaming 2020 at gmail.com. And maybe we'll bring that up in a future episode. Absolutely. And as always, you can find links to all of today's games in the show notes, which can be found pretty much anywhere you're listening to us from. So check those out so you can share them with your friends. And while you're at it, feel free to drop our name as well so they can come in and leave comments as well. And that's going to conclude today's episode. So we hope you are looking forward to seeing us as much as we are looking forward to seeing you. And until that comes, keep an eye on our Twitch and YouTube channels for our streams throughout the week. Uh, please keep an eye out for our YouTube channel as well. We will be cutting these videos eventually into segments. So if you're just interested in watching and seeing the graphics and seeing what we look like for a particular segment, have a look at those and uh, have a lovely day, everyone. Mm-hmm.